Right, so welcome once again to the Coffee and Heroes podcast. Again, I'm your host, Alan, owner and operator of Coffee and Heroes in Smithfield Market. As you guys know, we're currently in Unit 16, but we're getting ready to make the move to a larger unit, uh, literally the one just beside us. Uh, so just changing up the podcast a little bit this time, uh, one of the things we like to try and do in the store is promote local work, local artists, whether it's the little local artist corner we have where people display their artwork or it's stocking local titles. Um, from different writers and different artists. Uh, we like to try and showcase that there is actually talent out there in Belfast. You know, everybody just thinks with comics they all come from the States or, or all the best writers are Scottish. Uh, looking at you, Graham Morrison, Mark Miller, etc. Uh, but there is a lot of great talent here at the moment and a lot of excitement. You know, it's probably easier than ever to get your work out there now. You've more um, tools at your disposal, whether it's social media, Kickstarter campaigns. Maybe easy is the wrong word. Uh, maybe there's just more tools available out there, uh, as our guest will chat about today. He's successfully funded some Kickstarter campaigns. He's ended up probably with a few grey hairs on his head towards the end of some of those campaigns, but we're happy to report happy endings all the way with those so far. Uh, so, yeah, today's guest's name is Roddy, Roddy McCants. Uh, Roddy's been coming to the store pretty much since we opened. Um, he first walked through the door as a, a fresh-faced writer, uh, clean-shaven, you know, styled hair. Now he's a bit rougher around the edges, I would say, you know, big, thick beard. The, the life of a writer, if you will. Uh, but Roddy came in. We just had a really good chat. He had asked us about stocking his book. We, we jumped straight on it, happy to do it. Um, happy to promote it as well with a lot of regulars who have who've picked up his book and that reminds me I do have a copy upstairs that Kieran would like signed and <laughs> he'll, uh, he'll never forgive me if I do this interview and you don't uh, you don't get uh, signing that for him so uh, yeah no further ado I'll, I'll let Roddy tell you all about himself as well we've got a few questions just just here to have a bit of fun with it and also give a little bit of exposure and let you know where you can find his work so uh, at 10.45 in the morning very awake, yeah, I'm guessing. On a Monday morning. Yeah. On a Monday morning. Bank holiday Monday. Yeah. Bank holiday Monday morning, no less. Welcome to Ronnie. Hey, thanks for having me. So, uh, yeah, just uh, I've, I've written down a few questions, as I say, just, just to have a bit of fun with it. I mean, just the easy place to start is just, you know, tell us a bit about yourself. Okay. Um, so, my name's Roddy. Um, as you've said, um, like I've done a few Kickstarters. Um, Successful Kickstarters. Successful Kickstarters, yeah, the key I have just uh, launched them and given up. Um, yeah, I'm uh, a writer from, from Belfast, I'm very, very local, um, not Scottish, as you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I started writing comics maybe, well, when I was 18, mm -hmm. didn't finish, um, didn't finish a few. Um, and then when I was maybe about 26, I was like, do you know what, I'm not really happy with anything so I'm like love comics like most of my life so I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna go for this and then I sort of started writing short stories I've heard like short stories was the way to go you write some short stories and then you build yourself up yeah so wrote a short story that took it's quite funny it took like three years to get published but it was accepted after it, the first thing the first short script I ever wrote got accepted mm -hmm. to be published but it took three years to be published but I took that as like a kind of sign, like it was meant to be, like yeah. you're meant to go for this. And so from there, um, I joined Comics Experience, the workshop. Um, it's like an online forum. And I just sort of developed from there, sort of learned <clears throat> how to write scripts and learned how to 
write more dialogue, understand like the process for an artist mm -hmm. and how hard it is. Um, how hard it is for someone to take your ideas and make it like and just put it on a page. I suppose put your ideas that's, on the page but also their own stamp on it yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. That's do you know what the the most important thing about comics is collaboration. It's yeah. not you're not one person, you're not you're not a writer, you're not an artist, you're a writer and an artist. Team. Yeah, it's a team. It's like collaboration is the best part of comics, but um yeah, so um, it's gone from there. I run my own small press publishing company now called Fracture Press, which spiraled out of our very first Kickstarter called Tales of the Fractured Mind, which available was, at Coffin Heroes yeah, right now. <laughs> exactly. Um, so don't all come down at once. <laughs> but yeah, it, so it went from there. I did that. And then sort of the idea, my girlfriend gave me the idea. We were sort of like batting around like a sequel or like a spiritual sequel and I was like I have these ideas for like these anthologies I was like anthologies are something that I love about comics mm -hmm. um, I kind of feel like anthologies are like you know mixtapes you put yeah. all this cool stuff together and you get like this different whole part um, but yeah we were battling around and then she came up with like socially conscious comics mm -hmm. oh hey and then yeah, it just went from there. As always, we uh, we always have guests coming yeah. through the store. I mean, being an open business and all the rest, <laughs> so this is one of our uh, regulars, Paul. So you might hear his voice in the background a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, anthology series—they're uh, they're, they're kind of the bedrock of comics a little bit. I mean, you even look at something like Action Comics One Thousand. It's yeah. essentially an anthology story, yeah. an anthology book, I should say. Uh, different creators, different artists working on different stories. So. Uh, and then this week we actually have Amazing Spider-Man 800 coming out, so I would imagine oh, there'll probably yeah. be a little bit of that as well. I mean, is there a single piece of writing or artwork that you saw, a movie that you saw, a book that you read that made you think, I want to be a writer? Yep. I'm looking at it right now, actually. Yep. Looking at it right on now. On the shelves. I'll see if you can... On the shelves. If I had to guess looking at our display, I would have to say Preacher. No. Oh, no? That's surprising. Um, I'm a big Preacher fan. But, I um, doubt it's Kick-Ass. Um, no. no. <laughs> and I seriously doubt it's Quantum and Woody from Valiant. Uh, Never read that one, actually. Hellblazer have to be the other one, I suppose. No. no? Is, it, is it... Can I only see the spine of it? No, like, you can see the, the front of it. Witches? Yep. Really? Yep. Witches, I suppose that, Witches I, was the one. I suppose I just think with Witches that, um, I mean, first of all, phenomenally great story, you know, Scott Schneider on writing, Jock on artwork. Um, I suppose I just look at Witches, I suppose this is where time can be a bit cruel. It looks to, to me, I think Witches came out a year ago. You know, probably came out about five years ago. Yeah, five years, yeah. But um, in my head with Witches, I have this feeling that it actually came out like a year ago, that it's a fresh title. But yeah, I suppose it's been around for a while. Yeah. Um, We'll pause it there when we sing, actually. Um, yeah, so we were just chatting there about the title that Roddy first came across that actually inspired him to become a writer and witches. Yeah, witches, actually. Um, so, a uh, little bit of background. So, I actually was living in Portugal at the time. Um, wasn't very happy. Was like, this isn't what I want. Um, and then like I went to a comic book store I hadn't when I was like 18 to about like mid 20s I was like comic books were my like 
greatest love, and then it kind of fell by the wayside mm-hmm. a wee bit when I went traveling and it went away. Um, and then yeah, I read Witches, and then I just loved it. I loved the I loved the book, but I like maybe more importantly, I loved Scott Snyder did like essays at the end. Yeah, and he was just just saying all this stuff he but like he puts his fears and his worries and his like hopes and dreams into like everything he writes mm-hmm. and, like i was like do you know what like that like i want to be like that i want to write something as like good as witches and then it's personal as well I yeah suppose, yeah really deeply personal book it's interesting you mentioned that about witches because anyone i recommend that title to i always say one of the best parts of it is the four pages at the end that schneider yeah, writes yeah. about his influences and his fears as a child of going into the woods behind their house and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Like he even takes photos of it and t- uh, puts photos in there of certain parts in the woods that scared him more than others and all this kind of thing. So it's interesting you say that with uh, with witches. Yeah, and then just like, I think my love for Scott Snyder just kind of came from there. I think everyone loves Scott Snyder. Yeah, I mean, he's, then... um, he's one of the go-to guys in the industry yeah. i think i'm i mean one of the pieces of advice we always give people who come into the store is don't follow stories follow creators you know yeah. if you like a writer's style or you like an art style just always keep an eye out for what they're doing next um rather than trying to keep up to date with all oh, this story appeals to me i mean schneider's a, a big seller in here tom Keane as well yeah. great work he's doing on batman rick remender's one that i recommend to a lot of people just through my love of deadly class you've <laughs> heard this before yeah um, and then even Gar- the likes of Garth Ennis, you know, obviously through Preacher and Hellblazer and, you know, he's a recent one I called The Walk Through Hell. Um, so, yeah, I always say follow creators, but that, that, it's an interesting point that that's what got you back into comics. Uh, I must say, I mean, Witches is a, is a great wee title, but it's, yeah, it's almost... Yeah, didn't, ex- didn't expect that one. Did I really didn't. Yeah. I mean, my eyes just went straight to Preacher, <laughs> yeah. I have to say, you know. Uh, and the thing with Witches as well is it's just one six-issue miniseries at the moment. Yeah. There's talk of Witches 2... And they've been serializing a, a side story called uh, Bad Egg yeah, in Image yeah, Plus. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll collect that again sometime soon. Uh, so, I mean, with this uh, interview, we'll, we'll go back a little earlier than that right now. I mean, what's the first thing you ever wrote? What's, what's you were saying, maybe 18, 19 there, thereabouts? I mean, is there a, something yeah. specific, amazing piece of work, I'm sure, from your past no. the first time you... <laughs> it's not like those, those um, I think those stories are dead. Yeah, you don't you don't lock no, them away in a drawer to look no, at ten they, years later. Um, I think they're on an old laptop that's been you know burnt, crushed, <laughs> then burnt, then threw off a cliff. In a moment of frustration, or no, no. <laughs> just like please, nobody ever read the, these again. Can you remember what I the think, first thing you ever wrote was? What what? Well, do you know the first thing I ever wrote when I was like, they were like fan fiction things, like uh-huh. Transformers fan fiction okay. when I was like thirteen, fourteen. And then I remember the first, I'll tell you this, like the first thing I ever wrote was like about Ed when I was like 17. I actually finished the first issue of it. It was like, um, I think it was called Kiss Me when it was like about a deadly virus that was spread only by kissing, uh-huh. which, you know, like, I mean, that's not bad, but, um, reminds me a little bit of a movie recently called It Follows. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I haven't it, seen it. But no. it's to do with like, this, um, supernatural entity that's uh, transmitted through sex. It's basically uh, yeah. a it's a movie all about the dangers of STDs and stuff like that. But yeah. in this movie, they manifest as you know, uh, as like this horror character stalking the main characters. Yeah, um, well, it was when I was eighteen. I just didn't have that 
wherewithal to put those messages in it. It was just very teen angsty. Did you just have a really bad kissing experience with some yeah. girl sometime, and you just thought this is hell? Yeah, I think yeah. we've all had that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you said "kiss me," I was I was thinking of the uh, the old song. I always think of it yeah. in Dawson's Creek. I can't even remember the name of the band. Half pence. Sixpence. Six or six pence. I, I can't yeah. remember. I, mean, um, I think it's sixpence on the richer, but. Well, I mean, just as a, a counterpoint question to that one, I mean, what's the first thing you ever then finished and just wrote the end and would it have been uh, Kiss Me? No. Well, yeah, that, that would have been that. But then the first thing I really took seriously was um, called That's Not Your Coffee. That's Your coffee. coffee. I'll set that down and lift my own. <laughs> um, yeah. So like um, <clears throat> he, it was called He Calls You Home. Mm hmm. And it was a six page folk horror story that I kind of wrote after Witches. Okay. After I read Witches. Um, and like a lot of the stuff I write is very, like I love Northern Ireland and I wanted it. It was set in the Mourn Mountains. It was like a folk horror about this girl who wakes up and like she's on a camping trip and her parents have gone missing mm -hmm. and she stumbles like into this cult. And it was sort of like a future or a future shock you know yeah, from 2000 okay. AD um, so it's like it just builds up and builds up and then you get a wee twist um, so I wrote that just about like maybe like my fears of like growing up and like just the kind of tribute to like the countryside I love exploring mm -hmm. like I love like there's a couple of things I love in life and it's like comics music and like exploring and adventuring mm -hmm. um, so that was the first thing I ever wrote and it got like I touched it up and I sent it away to um, uh, Future Quake Press they're called mm -hmm. and the guy was like oh I love it um, but we only do they have two different titles one Something Wicked which only gets published like once a year yeah. and then he was like we already have a backlog of stories so it'll be a couple of years and I was like right <laughs> but you just focused on the but <laughs> yeah. you like it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um, but it was always sort of like a running joke between uh, like my friends and I it's like it, I had like tons of other things like pub well not tons but like i had a few other things published like in between like waiting for this one yeah uh that's like comic like working in comics kind of feels like you're keep you're waiting and waiting and waiting so you have to like spin all these other plates yeah. of projects um but i'm looking to turn we've actually got uh, a pitch at the moment called the pillar of the gods which is an expanded version of he calls you home mm -hmm. and a guy called eric eric donovan um is doing the arts and he's worked on like um mimetic for boom and that's a great like, series yeah. that mimetic um he's done like gotham city garage and stuff as soon he's as really, you said the really name really i cool thought guy. of mimetic there's also a sequel to it, cognetic oh is there yeah oh. it's just three issues yeah. as well <clears throat> mimetic was like, Mimetic was a, a series that I loved simply because it's a great series for our times. It's, uh, again, it goes back to the whole idea of, you know, a virus spreading, but it's basically, if you look at this meme uh, online, that you're going to die within 24 hours. Yeah. But of course, even though people are told, if you look at this, you will die, people's natural curiosity get the better of them yeah. and they keep looking at it anyway. It was only like a little three-issue series, but it was, uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, uh, really unique and really inventive. And they were, they were, I was reading the thing, like, they said their influences was one of my favorite mangas called like Uzumaki or Uzumaki or mm -hmm. something like it's about the spirals <clears throat> mm -hmm. and it's about spiral like the art style is so unique because it's kind of like they have spirals drawn in everywhere mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't remember the creator's name offhand but it's it's beautiful like okay. and I think that style carries through mimetic oh excellent excellent I mean 
just obviously expanded on that question first thing you ever finished when you do finish something any misery type traditions you indulge in you know do you pour yourself <laughs> a nice glass of whiskey have a cigarette or do you go for a long walk in the countryside no, or usually it ends up with just going to sleep yeah as sad as that sounds because it's always <laughs> like oh um yeah it's like oh my god thank god i finished that i just need to sleep now I could, mm -hmm. it's usually finishing something always kind of so ends it's that up sheer like relief a.m in the morning and yeah. you're like ah oh. Yeah. that sheer relief that weight off the shoulders and yeah. uh you know that satisfaction of finishing off but your... like i wish i could tell you i was like yeah just like light a smoke and have six <laughs> beers or whatever but yeah usually it's just like yeah i'm done thank god i'm done <laughs> well uh you've obviously already chatted about the uh project you've got going with eric donovan and so mm -hmm. forth uh but at the same time you've mentioned that even if you're writing one story you're spinning plates for so many others yeah so i take it that's not the only thing you're working on at the moment a few other things well, in the pipeline yeah so <clears throat> so many things on um so we got so obviously like i didn't really talk about it but tales of the fraction mind was like the big one for me yeah um it was like my very first kickstarter it maybe got my name out there more than like all the kind of little stories I did because yeah. I did like I've had like maybe uh, five or six short stories published in like different like anthologies mm -hmm. but um, Tales was like my own yeah. not my own because Roland's Roland's Calmness was like an amazing artist that worked on it but it was the first thing like I ever done and it was my like passion mm -hmm. um, so we're working after that it's almost a year now that I finished it and have started doing conventions and at the very first convention I ever did, or no, I think it was the second, the first one I ever did was QCon, which is one here in Belfast, which is great. And then the second one I ever did was the MCM Belfast. Mm -hmm. And I met um, this really nice lady called Emma, who works for Inspire, who are like <coughs> a mental health charity here in Belfast, oh, like all over Northern Ireland. And so she was like, do you want to come up and take a creative writing class? And... I was like, yes, obviously. Um, and then I was like, I don't really know if I'm qualified, but I'm going to give it a go anyway. Yeah. That's sort of my reaction to everything. It's just like, I'm just going to do it. Why not? Um, so yeah, I did that. And then things spiraled from there with them. Uh, we're actually working on something right now. Like, a, um, it's sort of like a, it's going to be a, it's not going to be an anthology. It's going to be like a 22 page story. Mm -hmm. um, all about like, they're big on like mental health, obviously. And like, the idea for like recovery yeah. and like how um i think it's mostly to do with people with depression and it's about like how you're in a constant state of recovery so i'm gonna do hopefully i can i haven't found an artist yet but i've written the script so that's one of the projects and hopefully it's gonna be like a big um like i love um paintings as well it's gonna be like quite a salvador dali-esque mm -hmm. surrealist <clears throat> look at yeah. um it's gonna be on like two planes like real life and then like what your headscape looks like yeah so we've got that uh, i've also got sirius which is um a comment you can like follow it on like twitter and all oh, i forgot to do the plugs oh come on don't oh, worry that, that'll okay, be so that'll be tons of fracture press again. on facebook <laughs> uh yeah tales of the fractured mind at gmail.com if you want to get in touch i'll do it all at the end <laughs> um but yeah there's this one called sirius um which is like completely different and it is picked up by a u.s publisher a small one um can't give it away at the moment but the announcement is coming soon um am, so, am i allowed to say that i've seen a preview page or two from this yeah 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 this 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 is looking this is looking really lot, good folks it's very have. exciting um 
Um, but that's the arts by uh, Anna Weiss, Weisscheck from Poland. Oh, God. <laughs> Hopefully she doesn't listen to this. She'll be calling you and telling yeah, you how to phonetically like, say yeah, her name. You've got this wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she's going to do the arts. Um, the covers by Rafa Lobosco, who's done stuff for like Dynamite and all. And he's a really cool guy. Um, I met him at like an event in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did the cover for me. And, and when you meet someone at an event like that, is it literally, do you pitch to them on the day about that? or No, no, just, um, just kind of talk to them about comics. And then sort of like, maybe a relationship forms and be like yeah i really like your work like maybe i'd love to do something with you one time but i don't like corner people and yeah. be like do something for me um but yeah he's he's like a really sound guy and then so we got that sorted um serious so it's like sci-fi horror it's very very inspired by the thing hp lovecraft yeah. there's a wee touch of hellboy in there if that sort of sounds like your bag but um if you look at it if you go on Facebook, it's like Serious Comic, or it's like facebook.com forward slash Serious Comic if you want to have a look at it. And we should um, just specify that that's Serious as an S I R I U S. Yes. Because like most people star. would think of the word Serious, yeah. I, I would imagine. It's like so. like the dog star, the brightest star in the sky, that's what it is. Um, so if you look there, like all the art's black and white, and I wanted it to really feel like it was like, if you picked it up, it would look like this lost spooky comic from the 80s or 90s like this really cool outrageous like mysterious black and white comic Mm -hmm. um because like the thing it's set well it's not set in the 80s but it's like it's very 80s yeah and like i love like all this stuff from the 80s and i like analog things i like i don't want it to really be digital even though it probably will but i want people to like pick it up and look at it and just embrace it and then i have Oh, yeah, a lot of projects going. <laughs> uh, at the moment, we're trying to basically trying to finish up Tales of Fractured Worlds, which is the spiritual sequel to um, yeah. to Tales of the Fractured Minds. So it's another anthology yeah. all about sci-fi. Um, but with Fractured Mind, it was all it was an anthology to create awareness about like mental health issues like dementia, depression, bipolar disorder. Um, but like this next one this spiritual sequel is a bit more closer to my heart because it's all about environmentalism how we treat like our planet um it's stories about that so i've got like loads of great creators working on it it's not just roland's i've written all the stories but there is about 10 11 different artists Mm -hmm. on it including drew moss who's done stuff for image roland's is back on a story and um can't think of anyone else off the top of my head but everyone is incredible and i'd urge you to go to our, like our facebook and look at some of dream mm-hmm. Moss's art um it looks incredible and i've got also yeah there's a lot of uh local talent in it involved yeah. as well that was a that was a big issue for me i wanted like a lot of irish and northern irish and uk artists yeah uh with like varying varying degrees of like experience and skill i wanted to like give people a break yeah because like, some people need it and like i was in that position like maybe a while ago and just trying to get something out there yeah. and i know how hard it is so i just wanted like to be like oh hey yeah i i can give you that opportunity not to sound like super arrogant or anything but um necessarily like, arrogant like but doing that you've, you know, you've had like, a few doors open for yourself and yeah. a lot of that's through your own hard work and dedication but you know, people say all the time, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And sometimes yeah, sometimes yeah. you do just need that one person to be like, look, 
here's an opportunity. Yeah. You know, and for you to invite them along to it. I mean, with Fractured Worlds, it was a really great story to follow. Um, I get the feeling for you it was one of the hardest things you've ever done was this yeah. Kickstarter. Um, <laughs> I mean, I understand that the Kickstarter, without talking about specifics and, and values and stuff, but the money that you needed to raise for Fractured Mind was X amount, and for Fractured Worlds, it was almost six times that amount. Yeah. yeah. Ten times that amount, say. And I suppose that takes a big leap of faith, but also, you know, faith in your own writing that you can attract yeah, yeah. people to the project. And we were in touch quite a bit through this project. I mean, we did everything we could. We, we obviously backed it ourselves. Yeah, we really, uh, really appreciate we, it. We shared it through all of our social media channels. We spoke to customers about it. We tried to generate interest uh, in it. And, you know, through being in touch with Roddy, through this campaign, there were times he was maybe losing the faith a little bit. There was other times where he was shocked by how people jumped behind it. I mean, the amount of emotions you must have went through for yeah. that. I mean, it, it finally, it got fully funded what was it mere minutes or hours yeah, before the I think it was an hour before and then like I was even watching it I've, I've chatted yeah. to another local um, <laughs> artist called Mark Rehill he's responsible for a, a title called Off Girl and yeah, we had he, a good he, he backed it towards the end <clears> as well he was well this is it there's a couple of people that I probably need to uh, get down on my knees and just be like thank you so much and <laughs> um, Maybe, maybe really clarify nice when you say yeah, get down yeah, on your knees and uh, just be like thank <laughs> you so much for because him he backed it towards the end and he told me that, you know, he was like looking to like up. Yeah. Well, that's get, like if, that's it didn't what we go, if it didn't work, he was going to put stuff up. And I think you guys were yeah, feeling that we, too. We were watching it with an hour to go. And if it had been, say, a hundred pound off or whatever, whatever it was going to be with being that close. And that's what Mark and I were chatting about. We were like, look, if we have to make a sizable, you know, donation to get it funded because you'd done all the hard work at that point. It was 98% funded yeah. or whatever. But you just need that final little bit. But it was satisfying as well that we didn't need to do that you know the interest yeah. was there and the people back in it, it and the exposure there the was end. there there was another um another creator called uh, peter duncan mm -hmm. he does he does like blank and these really kind of cool retro comics he's mm -hmm. actually got i'll give him a give him a plug because he has a kickstarter going at the moment called cthulhu kids mm -hmm. and it looks brilliant but he was um he was messaging me at the end as well and he was like are you sure you're gonna be okay and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be fine. It's going to be really fine. It's going to hit it. I kind of knew towards the end, like, it was going to make it. Yeah. So, like, towards the last hour, I was like, do you know what? Yeah, it, it will. I've got, like... That's when you pulled out like, so the many... six-pack in the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a night of celebration. That was... It was a really strange, strange Kickstarter. Yeah. Because I got really lucky with that first one. Um, there, I guess there's a lot of factors... Because Fractured Mind was like, my goal was £500 because I had finished like pretty much all the stories. Mm -hmm. um, all I really needed was the money to print it. But my big, big difference with um, that and Fractured Worlds was Fractured Worlds was nowhere near like ready. Yeah. And I think that's my biggest learning, learning curve from it. It was like, I probably won't do that again. Yeah. Um, cause like the, like I made 3000 and like, I'm so thankful to everyone that did it. But I think in terms of Kickstarter, people like to see, like, they like to see it's almost a finished product. They yeah. don't, they're not, they're not necessarily going to be turned off by like the idea of it, but they're less likely to back yeah. it. It's just an idea with like a few pieces of art. Like, like I would probably be like, Oh, well, 
and even though I had one successful project, like mm -hmm. people were maybe hesitant, I think maybe yeah. to go for it. But uh, and the, I think the mental health aspect of fractured mind helped it a lot. Whereas like maybe people aren't so interested in like a, a very niche sci-fi like environmental anthology. But hey, it made more money, so maybe <clears> they are. Well, I suppose uh, the bigger target as well is, again, that desire to work with different artists, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, rather than just working with just the one. I mean, with um, Fractured Minds, obviously, we've already name-checked Rollins. We've been lucky enough He's to meet him a, a couple of times as well. We actually, we do stock some of his man. stuff. Yeah, he's, um, he's doing fantastically well. I mean, Rollins, what, 22, 23 yeah, I think he's he's, he's early twenties anyway, uh, and he's, he's every a path for himself. Every but, time you talk to him, he's he's so busy with work. So, um, definitely keep an eye for his stuff. We keep some of his prints yeah. and and so forth in in store. Uh, oh, that was a good plug. Oh, yeah, always, always. Plug. Well, the thing is, what what we like to do with um with local stuff, and I mean, you know this yourself. If anything sells that a local artist gives us, or in Roddy's case, his book. You know, we, we don't actually keep any of the money ourselves. We we had nothing to do with that creative process. Um, we actually just any money that we make from those um those sales, we just give straight to yourself. You know, I I pay Pal Roland there a couple of days ago because we sold a couple of prints. Um, you know, we we just want to showcase that stuff, and we had nothing to do with that creative process. With Roddy, it's all good anyway. Because as soon as I hand him the money for any sales, he just hands it straight back to me, and you know, <laughs> buy stuff in store, so it's fine. You know, I I like to play the long game. Comics. <laughs> but uh, no, that's that's true. I mean, it's it's like with our local artists' corner as well. If something sells off, they always check with people. Would you want it sold if it did sell? Yeah. And then the money just goes to the artist that decorates our walls. You know, it's it's again about giving something back. So, um. But uh, yeah, to move away from all that serious talk, of course, uh, this is one of the questions I was looking forward to asking because I have no idea what the answer is going to be. Oh, right. Um, okay. Obviously, you're forging a path for yourself at the moment. You're working a lot within the indie community. Mm -hmm. But if you were to get that dream phone call, if one of the big publishers were to phone you and say, what character would you like to work on? You have carte blanche. Uh, you know, it could be DC. It could be Marvel. It could be something from the image catalog. I don't know. But... If there was one character or series you could write for, what would it be? See, I don't know if I'm going to offend you here, because... You can't find... Like, for me, um, I think I'm very different than the sort of average comic fan. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not... Like, I love... Like, I do love Marvel, and I love DC properties. And, like, obviously, if somebody was to go, uh, here's Batman. Yeah. But like, I don't know if I'm ready. Like, I don't know if I'd be ready to write something mm -hmm. like Batman. Cause I, like for me, the thought of writing like a story like that, where you can't really, you can have endings, like specific endings, but it's just like, you're mostly writing like emotional journeys, yeah. I guess. You're just like, writing the next step in a character's yeah, journey. Like, like to me, that'd be amazing, but I don't think I'm really... I wouldn't be like ready for it. Uh -huh. uh, maybe I'll never be. But like when I when I look at those stories, it's kind of daunting to me a yeah. little bit. Because I'm like, hi, where like where do you go with Batman? What's already what's, what's not being done? Yeah. And like fair play, like Tom King seems to be doing something completely new. Mm -hmm. And I realize I've just gone off on like this random tangent. Not but um, yeah. Do you know what? I think it. But in fairness, I think my um. My seven-year-old self would say Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. It would have to be... So, and, like, obviously, that... Like, I've just contradicted myself, but because, like, is there any more Transformers stories that need to be told? <laughs> I would actually... Um, 
something Transformers-y. I'd really love to write Beast Wars because I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I really liked Beast Wars. It was very... I don't want to say highbrow, but like for a kid's cartoon, it was very like existential and it had like mm-hmm. a lot of messages. So I'd maybe go for, maybe go for something like that. Um, I'm not too sure. In terms of a superhero, I really like, I really like Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Well, again, that I, might factor in similar to your writing with, you know, Fractured yeah, Minds. I really liked um, the... Is it the Jeff Lemire series? Jeff Lemire, yeah. And uh, it was... was it Greg Smallwood was on yeah, it? Yeah, I think he did it. And prior to and that, it was he, Warren Ellis. Yeah. And Declan Shelby, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, like, I wouldn't turn anything down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm available. That's a great <laughs> answer. I'll write anything, yeah. people. But, um, um, like, I... No, I understand what you're saying about it. I mean, with big characters... You've got big exposure. You're being measured against people who have written it before. Yeah. You know, if you were to come along, for example, and say five years time and be offered Batman, you'd be like, geez, I'm going to be basically compared to all the greats of the industry for the last 50 yeah, years. Like, you know? And then it's almost like I like reading those stories, but I don't like, I don't think I like writing them. I'm more like, I would be more sort of like mini series image sort mm-hmm. of uh, like writer. Um, I like, like one of the first comics I ever read was Mouse. Yeah, oh, that's that. That'll maybe indicate my uh, my sort of highbrow. Classic. Yeah, and do you know what? Like something that I've never really thought about. Um, it was over there in like Talisman. Mm-hmm. Um, and something I've never really thought about with like you guys, like how maybe you're not like connected, but there's a certain element of like you're here in Smithfield and like Talisman was over there, so it's like it's a nice we like yeah. to have. But yeah, I. Yeah, I'll go for Beast Wars. Yeah. yeah. Coming soon. That's it, yeah. Seven years time. <laughs> You'll probably get it picked up tomorrow, but it'll take seven years to publish. Yes, I'm sure. All <laughs> ed- uh, hopefully all those editors are listening to, to your podcast. Well, suppose yeah. uh, the, the natural position to go to from there, and maybe Beast Wars will be the answer, I don't know, mm-hmm. but what is your favourite, or maybe even Mouse is the answer, uh, what is your favourite comic series of all time? I mean, I know for me that mm-hmm. there's two series that I read at least once a year, every year. Yeah. I read Watchmen once a year. It's a oh, classic right. answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But once a year, and I still notice different things in it. And the other one is Why the Last Man, which I just read at least once a year. Um, so You read all those volumes every year? I've got three absolutes of it now. Ah, um, so right. yeah, yeah. I do have all the single issues as well. I'm a bit obsessive about this series. Uh, but you don't touch those? Uh, I don't touch the single. Well, issue one's framed on a wall and signed by uh, BKV, yeah, so yeah. it's uh, <clears throat> it's one of the pr- the treasured possessions. But uh, no, I'm just curious. I mean, I, for, for what would be your favorite comic series? It doesn't have to be like Watchmen. Always sounds like a pretentious answer when you say it. I think because well, it's so I hit revered. Well, I hit up with earlier. So. Well, true, <laughs> true. I mean, it could be anything. I mean, I like the Schneider New Fifty Two Batman runs very iconic yeah. to me. Um, even something like Spider Man Blue by Jeff Loeb and Tim Seale. Um, so just I mean is there one for you that you just never get bored of reading you never tire of reading it mm. it's a tough one well like my mice is my answer like mm-hmm. um, it's so powerful yeah I've never like when I was 14 I think it was 13 14 when I was reading it like I've I've never seen anything like it mm-hmm. and I think I just picked it up because it looked like we we're doing like Nazi history and like 
in school and then it was like this oh there's a comic book form of this yeah. <laughs> and then i was like what what is this it's just um i've never seen it I've no, i don't think i've ever read anything as powerful yeah um i've never read anything as like human and i love the way like comics can like it's an art like it's a beautiful yeah. art form like you can't you couldn't tell a story like that and um, you couldn't you couldn't um do those depictions in any other like form of media yeah um and to tell something like that and to really like to put something out there about like being human and like telling these stories about all this pain and grief and like even just coming to terms with like what happened like and maybe some people never will like that's that to me is like the power of like the comic medium mm -hmm. um but like there's other stories <clears throat> like i love you mentioned brian k vaughn pride of baghdad's like yeah. one of my i think i would probably read that every year good call um, good call and there, there's other things like, um, I can't remember the creator's name now, but there's a book called Kinski. Mm -hmm. It's like a crime drama about a guy trying to get his dog back. Okay. And it's just, it's very funny and like, it's very charming. Yeah. And like, I love stuff like that as well. I love stuff with like really, really, just really funny, funny mm -hmm. stuff, but it, it had like a tremendous heart as well. Um, hmm. Trying to well, that's that's, like, that's um, part of the great joy of the indie medium like this with the stories you're mentioning there are endings yeah you know yeah. as you say with something like batman you know it there's always going to be another batman comic coming out two weeks later or you know a new graphic coming out six months later or whatever but with it's why i guide a lot of people to the indie section you know because mm. and try and show that comics are more than just superheroes punching each other in the face yeah and that's what something like <laughs> something like mouse is a great example you know that because you project so much of your own sort of beliefs into something like Mouse, I don't think it would have the same impact if it was an animated movie or yeah. it was a live action yeah. movie because that's someone else's interpretation. You bring a lot of yourself to that comic, I think. Um, so that's a, a, that's a great call. So, I mean, yeah, you're an active, you're like an active participant in it almost yeah. when you're reading it. No, I wholeheartedly agree because how you read a character's voice in a comic will be different to how I read a character's voice yeah, in a comic, yeah. you know? You know, you, you are influenced by different things in that way. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, just as a companion question to that, uh, do you have a favorite comic book based movie? Oh, um, I, I have an idea in my head, one you might mention, but I'm curious. Oh, to, really? Uh, if, oh. if you don't, you don't, and then I'll, I'll bring it up. But hmm. because there are, there's a, there's a few movies out there that you might not even know are based on comics. Yeah. And there's one specific one that came out a few years ago. That I just think would be right up your alley based on you know everything we've chatted about. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's mm. called uh, History of Violence. Yes, I've seen it. David Cronenberg yeah. movie yeah. with uh, Viggo Mortensen. <clears throat> Again, originally it's a comic. Intense. Yeah. I've never read the comic now. Neither have I. Uh, but I love. I absolutely love yeah. the movie. It's brutal. It's like I've a ninety-minute movie. There's not a it, there's not an ounce of fat on it. It's lean. Yeah. It's ninety minutes. It tells what it wants to tell and it ends. And that's it. That's um, what I love. Um, I love that about movies like and and about comics too um it's not just about being short it's about like knowing what you want to tell yeah and having and being so contained that there's no like fluff to it mm -hmm. like uh we were talking about a quiet place earlier and i won't spoil it because you haven't seen it but it's like they could like go crazy with lore mm -hmm. but they just they are just like do you know what it's like 90 minutes it's like a short intense story about mm -hmm. like family yeah but you would imagine in someone else's hands you can see what they would do and yeah. you would see like the history of everything and 
yeah you would just be like what is this why yeah. are they doing this and you would it's that confidence in, in your story and that's what a history of yeah. violence was it was 90 minutes it was like we don't need to be 120 minutes we don't need to be a three-hour movie um, so it's it's one of my personal favourite examples of a, a bit of a left field choice of a comic yeah, book movie shall definitely. we say <clears throat> I'm blanking quite highly here um, Spider-Man 2 has a special place in my heart mm-hmm. um, not the amazing Spider-Man 2 <laughs> just to um, clarify kids yeah probably showing our age here um, well Spider-Man 2 came along at a time where there wasn't a comic book movie every couple of months you know yeah, Spider-Man the they mo- were big events oh big time like, I loved um, <clears throat> and do you know what on a complete, completely different tangent because uh, I love music the um, the soundtrack has gone missing Mm-hmm. see all those Spider-Man movies they had like soundtrack like was it Sum 41 on the first one and that guy from Nickelback mm-hmm. you don't really see it anymore um, I know Soundgarden had a song on the Avengers but mm-hmm. that was really the last time I remember like yeah, it's a more score based now soundtrack a yeah. big song it's a good point it's more score based now um, I think because like that's um, do you know those like all those cheesy movies in the 90s like um, Three Musketeers and mm-hmm. Robin Hood and all like oh Brian Adams the comic, the, the comic when Brian Adams was in business that. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like the comic book movies kind of took that format of like the big blockbuster they're going to hit you with like merchandise from every angle yeah and that's I'm still kind of stuck in that mode like that's kind of why I liked Spider-Man mm-hmm. too, because it was like a big event. <clears throat> Doctor Oct- Octopus was one of my favorite villains. I'm uh, done brilliantly in this. Yeah, it's like it's Tragically. a bit cheesy. Like it's still tragic anime, as well, you know. But like that's kind of what I expected at that time. And there's some parts that are brilliant, like it's horrifying as well when he first becomes Doctor Octopus. Oh, it's straight it's out brilliant. of Evil Dead. Yeah, so it's all the shadows brilliant. of all the the arms coming to life and stuff. It's a um, very horror based. Just trying to think. Um, obviously, like Guardians of the Galaxy is probably well. There's an example of a soundtrack movie. Yeah. You know, Guardians soundtrack's probably as iconic as the movie itself. Um, I suppose that's all like older music, though. It's not like music that's, created. I suppose that's why it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I that's why it also works. Set in the eighties, at the start, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I but mean, if you're talking movies with great fantastic. soundtracks, comic books. I mean, one of the ones, and again, it goes back to when I was younger, first seeing it, and I probably saw it long before I should have. Uh, was the crew? Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's still to this day the one of my fantastic. favorite yeah. movies. It's an amazing graphic novel. If you've never read it, highly recommend because it's not just like traditional comic panels. It's paintings. It's poetry. Yeah. It's uh, the short stories in it. It's it's a heartbreaking piece of work. So it is. But I just thought I'd throw that in there as another example of a, a great soundtrack for a great yeah. movie that you maybe don't see quite so it's much. Very Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. And, uh, Suicide Squad tried to do it. I really didn't like Suicide Neither Squad. Neither did I. Because it felt forced. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, we'll just get, like, um, Black Sabbath. Like, because Black Sabbath haven't been in, like, every movie. Um, I kind of felt that way about Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Because mm-hmm. they had um, Father and Son, like, by Cat Stevens. Yeah. And, then, like, I kind of... That Yondu thing was a bit iffy for me anyway. Like, yeah. come at me anyway. Copy no, no, no. Guardian, Guardian, um, Guardians 2 is a perfect example of... Uh, Father and Son's, like, everywhere. And it was done better, way better, in, like, The Boat That Rocked. And, like, there's a couple of other movies with it. And then I'm just, like, like find different music. Like, yeah. that's what kind of annoys me. Um, it's kind of like there's a lack of creativity about that. But um, going back to it... Um, 
favorite comic book movie? Hmm. It might not always be The Dark Knight. You know, it's uh, yeah. Infinity War has challenged that. I have to say that that's oh, how I highly oh, agree. Yeah. And, and um, people who have listened to this podcast before, they know how much it kills me as a DC fan to say that. But Dark Knight still is like that was the event for me. Yeah, it's never been I better. S- I still remember in the cinema, Batman Begins, mm-hmm. and when he flips over that card, you're just like, oh man, oh, yeah. Man. I don't, taste know that, theatrical, I don't know if that just feeling like you. is ever going to be bettered. And that was like... I think Marvel have made yeah. a career on stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people like, say if you, look at the, if you look at the um, structure of Iron Man, it's the exact structure of Batman Begins. Ah, yeah. Except yeah. instead of him you know, not becoming Batman for an hour in the movie, he doesn't become Iron Man for an hour in the movie. He's in the, the sort of guttural aspects of the world when Bruce Wayne's yeah. traveling, learning his trade. Tony's stuck in a cave, you know. It's um. There's a lot. Uh. There's a lot to that actually. But uh, no. Well, Marvel took that idea of a tease and they ran with it, and yeah. nobody does <laughs> just better. Made it better. You know, yeah. and sometimes they're just throwaway scenes that a normal audience wouldn't get. I mean, Guardians Two is a good example. There's a part in it in the uh, post credit scenes where they say, "Oh, I shall call him Adam," oh, and they're clearly yeah. talking about Adam Warlock. But like a normal nobody else would be like no consumer just like, huh? What? Uh, show me more baby Groot uh, would be their element to that so um, I could probably name you more movies I really dislike comic book movies oh but, um, I like the idea of that but um, like go on name me your three worst like, comic book movies then I love I love like the Marvel movies are just you love them like yeah. most of them like you know um, except Thor the Dark World mm, no one likes yeah, Thor the Dark okay. World yeah I like parts of it I like parts of it um Worst part is Thor: The Dark World is directed by a guy called Alan Taylor. No, it's not me. Just so you're mm. so clear. <laughs> also directed Sopranos and Game of Thrones quality stuff, but yeah, Dark World wasn't for me. Okay, so Ghost Rider, first well, or second? We could probably put both of them in there, but um, I think the first one's alright. Vengeance is just. Woeful. I think the first one has some charm here, and the second one's terrible. It does have Sam Elliott, who's like one of my favorite actors, um, but. He's not very good in it. He tries, he tries, God yeah. bless him, like, but, um, yeah, Spirit of Vengeance, just awful. Yeah. Awful, uh, awful, awful. I'll agree, I'll second that. But I kind of, I think everyone kind of likes Nicolas Cage. They they have a deep respect for his straight-to-DVD movies, so we kind of, we kind of love him for it, but, um, yeah, um, well, it's not even well, his direct-to-DVD stuff for Nicolas Cage, for me, it's his, uh, holy trilogy of movies in the 90s which were uh the rock con air and face off yeah three of the single three of the greatest action movies you'll ever see long before he became you know ghost rider but (laughs) then the then the career just went downhill as well so um but yeah i mean i I could sit and talk movies all day yeah all day long and don't bore everybody out there um (laughs) so yeah we'll we'll just sort of wrap it up now i mean obviously we've we've talked about uh your career so far I mean where do you hope to be in five years I mean I, I know you're taking Ooh. I know you're taking some risks at the moment mm-hmm. whether you want to chat about that or not in terms of devoting yourself to the craft yeah um, well whenever people ask me that question I just go back to that 70s show mm-hmm. where I think it's Hyde has a job interview and they ask him where do you see yourself in five years and he goes prison um, so <laughs> hopefully that's not me <clears throat> we'll do a follow up podcast if he goes to prison <laughs> people. Uh, <clears throat> like I want to expand Fractured Press mm-hmm. um, and part of me wants to really make it 
do like a yearly anthology and have have it um, have it as a sort of charitable organization because um, I've like done work for Inspire and I think like I could I could do some really good work like helping people because mm-hmm. uh, like I think that's why I want to make comics I want to get like my thoughts and feelings out there but I want to with Fractured Mind I just wanted like to write stories that like would help people mm-hmm. and I think that's probably my goal in the next five years is do more of that but um, yeah get myself out there doing like a lot more mini series is I'd in five years I'd probably say I'd love to have an image series mm-hmm. um, seems to be the goal of a I, lot of creators now it's like it's not to... I I don't want Marvel or DC that would be nice yeah but um, I just want image I want an image book I love that I love the logo and I want um, I love the even just the vibe of it um, you could say like 90s early 2000s vertigo mm-hmm. um, that's sort of like my favorite era of comics oh golden period yeah but like <clears throat> image does that now like image you have <coughs> pardon me you can do anything with, yeah like with an image book you've got like a label of like pure like quality <clears throat> and pure creativity and freedom yeah freedom to do whatever you want and like my but like that's i kind of have a hard time sometimes with like maybe the label indie mm-hmm. but um because you feel like Ooh, indie is that good or is that bad is yeah. that does that mean like you're lesser or better it's hard it's hard to know sometimes and i don't i don't know if i really want to be like a person like touring around conventions yeah. like doing the same old stuff um i want to keep like having new books and keep putting stuff out there mm-hmm. although um a guy carla rue who's a ma- an amazing irish artist was telling me we went to decaf um we were like beside each other in dublin mm-hmm. at this convention and he was like oh man we're like rock stars like uh, rock stars in the 70s like doing all these shows promoting like an album like, yeah for like two years and then you come out with the next album um so that's kind of like music's my big thing so i want to just keep that spirit alive just keep keep doing what i'm doing really and just yeah. pushing get serious probably is the next big venture and then just take steps from there and get to where I want to go. Yeah, excellent. And what about you? <clears throat> uh, oh, turning, the, turning yeah. the question around on me. Um, <laughs> Who's the interviewer <clears throat> I'm more interested in where I'll be five weeks from now than five <laughs> years from now. Um, obviously, as everybody knows, we're moving store, we're expanding. You know, a lot of that is, well, not even a lot of that, all of that is due to the, the customer base we've established in our year. Um, I mean, from a personal point of view, in any business, you're in it to make money, you know, mm-hmm. pay the bills, whatever. But I had this thought the other day that uh, we're coming to the end of our first year and I could have actually paid myself a little bonus. Mm-hmm. But instead of doing that, I thought, you know what, screw it, let's make the store bigger. And that's, that's kind of my mentality. I just love all this stuff and I love to try and create an environment where people are comfortable. I love an environment where people are they can come in and talk about whatever they want and not have business suits looking at them like they do in Starbucks, like grown-ass people talking about comic books. Uh, so we, we just want to be bigger and better, as simple as that. You know, more emphasis on the better than bigger. Um, I mean, if we had to stay where we are for now, I'd still be happy, but we just want to offer more for people. Just, you know, show our love of the medium, just similar to, you know, yourself. Uh, we want to support more local people. We want to get more of a little bit of a local section next door as well. 
So uh, yeah, I think nice. I think the key part from for both of us certainly is you know the future is exciting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You, know, you just got to keep on doing what you're doing. Cause... Well, if you stand still, you know you stagnate. I think you know yeah. so. You know, anybody who knows who they've been to the store in our first year, it's moved around four or five times. <laughs> it's the layouts changed, the uh, different things have changed. But uh, yeah, but I think that's really cool because you keep um, you keep reinventing it almost, yeah. so people are going to come back. Yeah, that's it. So uh, yeah, so hopefully, as I say, five weeks from now it'll be a more interesting uh, question to me than five years. <laughs> uh, five yeah. years time, I hope to be able to. Uh, if I had to give one future to goal, coffee and hero stores. Um, possibly. I mean, if I had to give just one thing, I would. If there was one thing I could change about the store, and a couple of regulars will know this, it's the ability to open whenever we want. Uh, obviously with Smithfield we're slightly tempered with when we can open and a lot of that's not to do with just being open all day or anything like that but I'd love to do things like do a movie night you know just get a projector watch Superman 78 you know in store after hours you know that kind of thing so there will always be things we want to do in the future but again that goes back to the whole idea of never wanting to stagnate yeah so but uh, I would say given the amount of effort this move has taken just to go next door (laughs) we're not planning to move again people for (laughs) Two years minimum. Oh, at least another year. Uh, two years. Don't quote me in a year. <laughs> two years. <laughs> there, thereabouts. So, um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll sure we'll we'll wrap it up there. We'll, uh, as I say, I just want to say thank thank you very yeah, much to Roddy. We've been thanks for having me. We've um, been trying to get this together for a couple of weeks. Just yeah. obviously, Roddy's busy guy. We're busy ourselves. Um, but we'll obviously finish off with you know throw as many plugs out oh, there as yeah, you can. The plugs, of course, the plugs. Absolutely. Um, I mean the plugs. So... Where you can find all of Roddy's work? You can find... I'm on Twitter. I'm not a big fan of Twitter. But, uh, yeah, at Roddy McCants. R-O-D-D-Y-M-C-C-A-N-C-E. That's me. Um, I have a few, like, different accounts. There's a Fracture Press account, which is just Fracture Press. Um, there's also a Fracture Press Facebook thing, which is pretty good. That's where I'm most active, I mm-hmm. would say. Um, so, like, talk a lot about, like, Inspire stuff, what's happening with that... Um, a lot of the Fractured Press books like Tales of the Fractured Worlds, Tales of the Fractured Mind and if there's anything else new coming up and then we've got like a serious uh, Facebook page as well where there's cool stuff and yeah um, yeah, and I think that's it oh, if there's do, anything do else I'll, any anything else I'll throw in the comments yeah. section um, no I just always say the same thing you know where we are guys but just in case you don't Smithfield Market, Back of Castle Court um, as long as the market's open, we're open. So open to five thirty every day. So, uh, yeah, that's us. So once again, just want to say thanks to Roddy. Um, uh, I hope to make this maybe a, a part of a series. You know, if there are any local artists or creators, writers out there, you want to sit down and have a chat. You know, plug your work as well, of course. Uh, but just to sit down and have a chat and show that there are you know great creative minds out there. You know, just hit us up. You know, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter, whatever. Um. So, yeah, but that'll do for today. So, once again, cheers, Roddy. Thank you. Cheers. Mm